0: had a great opportunity to sit down and chat with uh, Andrew Torba. He's the founder and CEO of Gab that the media has tried to shut down the Mockingbird media that Congress is threatening that big companies have threatened. He has a new book out. They're going to hate it. It's called Christian nationalism. I asked him, what does that mean? Yeah.
1: From my point of view, it's uh, you know, loving your neighbor. Um, you know, we are going to be ruled by somebody. We, we exist in this world. We exist in this life. Uh, we are, we are to be governed by somebody and I would like those somebodies to, to hold biblical Christian values. Uh, you know, if you love your neighbor, uh, then you want him to be led by uh, fellow Christians. And I also asked
0: him if there have been attempts to bribe him out of his business. Absolutely. Yeah. Multiple
1: times actually. Really? Uh, Oh, people in the Republican party, people really? in Silicon Valley, people in in venture capital yep and it it always came with conditions it always came with you need to stop talking about this or that or you need to change the way that gab handles this or that uh type of subject or or situation and uh you know like you said god protected me too because i'm not in this for the money i mean yeah i'm i'm doing this because i truly care about protecting free speech online for all people It's not about the money. If I wanted to be a rich man, I would have stayed in Silicon Valley and built, you know, uh, multiple businesses and and sold them and whatever. I would have continued doing what I was doing. Um, So they can't, they found out pretty quickly that they can't buy me. Um, So then they tried to threaten me. And we talked about that, but also
0: a very faith-centered conversation. In fact, before he and I began to record, we
1: started with prayer. Massively. Uh, It keeps me grounded. It keeps me focused, um, you know, on Christ. Uh, it's, it's real easy uh, with someone in my position. And you know, as you know, you know, having a very large audience, a very large platform uh, that the Lord has blessed us with here. It's, it's a tremendous responsibility. It
0: is. And it's a fascinating conversation with Andrew Tarba, who is the founder and CEO of Gab. The Todd Herman Show is 100 percent disapproved by big pharma technocrats and tyrants everywhere now. From the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Bulwark Capital Management, KnowYourRiskRadio.com has been here from the very beginning. They continue to be here for our listeners. I am so excited to be joined here by Andrew Torba, the uh, founder and CEO of Gab. A little later on, we're going to have a video of this interview, which will be available only for the first couple of weeks, only on our Gab channel. Uh, because I would like to build up a presence on Gap, uh, Andrew. You and I started this uh, entire thing with prayer, and you suggested that, brother. I was so so thankful about that. Uh, prayer must be a super meaningful thing for you.
1: Pray unceasingly, right? Um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm constantly praying throughout the day because you know, without without the prayer, uh, I don't know if I'd make it through day to day with the amount of things that uh, I go through on a day to day basis uh, without God by my side. So it's very important.
0: Yeah. And we do that as a business and, uh, we pray on the podcast from time to time. I remember when, you know, I used to do live radio and we filled in, I used to fill in for Rush Limbaugh, uh, God rest Rush. And we one day prayed, uh, for a gold star dad. And Andrew, I can't tell you what that felt like to have, you know, 30 million praying uh, people with you. It's people just overlook the power of this. How is that affected your life prayer?
1: Uh, massively. Uh, it keeps me grounded. It keeps me focused, um, you know, on Christ. Uh, it's, it's real easy uh, with someone in my position. And you know, I, as you know, you know, having a very large audience, a very large platform uh, that the Lord has blessed us with here. It's, it's a tremendous responsibility. And I know a lot of people are, you know, looking to me for, for influence and inspiration. And I'm doing my best to say, don't look at me, you know, look at, look at the cross, look at Christ. Um, and, and, uh, you know, just do my best to glorify him. But, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm praying constantly throughout the day, um, you know, because I need it. Um, you know, there's, there's so much going on. There's so much wickedness, uh, you know, in, in our position, in my position, we deal with a lot of, you know, wacky people that, um, you know, threaten my family and, and threaten me personally and, and threaten the business. And, um, you know, we have the entire machine of, of the mainstream media, um, and all of the, uh, you know, apparatus of, of, you know, big tech and, and all the infrastructure there that we've been no platform from and attacked from, from every different angle. Um, so, you know, this is a spiritual war and, and we have to use, this is some, one of the things that we, we write about in the book is, is we have to use spiritual weapons and, and prayers is one of the most powerful, uh, that we can use. So, uh, we need to wield it. Yeah, Andrew mentioned
0: the book. We're going to talk about this. It's called Christian Nationalism. Uh, it's I think it's going to be one of the most important reads uh, that any of us can undertake. And uh, it has just absolutely, and with the help of the Gab community, just taken on Amazon, and I think probably shocked Amazon. Uh, really important that we support this work and that we talk about this work. And, and I want to get into that. I've uh, One more question for you about redemption. Um, I used to be... I'm pretty anger driven person. Um, and I lived outside of God's plan. I'd figured out Andrew that I knew things more than God did. Uh, and now as I analyze the pattern of my life, I still pay negative dividends on decisions I made outside of Christ. Um, my areas of redemption really were about anger. Um, I think about shortcuts in business. I don't believe I ever stole, uh, but man, did I bully people? And did I use uh, mental strong arming tactics? And sort of, um, you might say, not really, you know, black arts, social engineering stuff, but social engineering, stru- engineering stuff to get my way. Where have you needed redemption in your life?
1: Yeah, that's that's a fantastic question. You know, uh, part of my testimony is I, I grew up in the church, You know, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior at a young age. But you know, like many young men uh, in my early twenties, I uh, absolutely was not living a, a Christian life. Um, you know, I, I sort of sought this this worldly, uh, you know, success uh, in Silicon Valley, and I wanted to be, you know, uh, the next Mark Zuckerberg. And you know, I had I made it. I, I got out to Silicon Valley, and I was I was rubbing elbows with all the top guys, and yet I was I was so unfulfilled, and it was it was a big facade. Um, and I had you know a, a God shaped hole in my heart, and You know, the Lord uh, kept calling me back to him and eventually humbled me uh, tremendously uh, in 2018 uh, when we had a mass shooter who happened to be a a user on the platform. Um, And, you know, my face was sort of plastered next to his as if I was the one who pulled the trigger across international newspapers. Um, And, you know, we had we had lost everything. Uh, You know, my my lead uh, engineer, my CTO had left the business. Um, we had been banned from hosting providers and from the app stores and from payment processors. So my business uh, was reduced to Ash. And, you know, my personal life was reduced to Ash too, because when you have something that, you know, dramatic happen, you learn very quickly who your real friends are, um, you know, who in your family is going to st- stand by your side. And, you know, I had very little, I had, I had nothing. I had everything taken away from me, uh, but I still had Christ. Um, and that in that moment is is when I, I clung to the cross, and when I started uh, getting closer to God again, and and you know stop stop living this life of having sort of one foot in the church with God and and one foot in the world, and and trying to you know chase success and and build a big business and all the things that come with that. So you know I started fully living for Christ, and uh, at every moment of every day, not just on Sunday, which is again another big thing that we're trying to get convey across uh, in the book, is like. You know, as Christians, we we have to live out our faith every day, and and that's going to come with challenges and with controversy. And um, you know, we we need we're commanded to speak the truth boldly of the gospel and disciple the nations. And um, I, I hope that we can inspire people to to do that, and not just you know show up on Sunday and then you go back to work, and you know you you're not really living like a Christian, or or people wouldn't know the difference. They wouldn't know if you're a Christian or not based on how you act at work, or how you act on your friends. Um, it should be, you know, Christ should be central to your identity. Um, so that's, that's a, a part of my testimony and, and a part of uh, some of the concepts that we're trying to get across in the book. We've been talking a lot of the podcast about
0: abiding and that word, what is it to abide? Uh, I know how the mockingbird media has actually pre-framed the discussion about Christian nationalism. Um, and of course it's the scare machine and it's Nazism and it's, it's national socialism and it's racism, what is Christian nationalism from your point of view?
1: Yeah, from my point of view, it's, uh, you know, loving your neighbor. Um, you know, we are going to be ruled by somebody. We, we exist in this world. We exist in this life. Uh, we, are, we are to be governed by somebody. And I would like those somebodies to, to hold biblical Christian values. Uh, you know, if you love your neighbor, uh, then you want him to be led by uh, fellow Christians. Um, Because that is the best outcome for everyone, by the way, not just believers, but non-believers alike. Um, You know, Christian thought and and a biblical worldview is what shaped and framed the the entire Western society Um, and especially the early days of America. And we get into this in in the book a little bit. You know, 1776 is really the middle history of the story of of the American people and of the American continent. Um, You know, 200 years prior to that, we had explicitly Christian colonies. Uh, that were set up as Christian colonies that were led and governed by Christians. Um, and that is, you know, the, the, the history, the true history of this country. And people want to forget that. I and mean, of course we have the founding father uh, who, who embraced uh, Christian values and biblical values as well, but you know, these values and these worldviews uh, that Christianity brought um, and that Christ brought uh, into this world uh, have shaped modern society as we know it. So even people who reject Christ, are living in a, a, a Christian society and under you know uh you know things like private property, uh you know, these these simple concepts that we sort of take for granted, uh, we're only a result of of um a biblical worldview and of a, a Christian worldview. So it's it's sort of reminding people of that and and saying that it's okay for us to you know want to protect our neighbor and want to protect our home. Um there's nothing wrong with that. And and to you know to get involved in public discourse and to um you know make our voice heard. You know, eight percent of the Republican Party are the, so, you know, the Republican Party, for all intents and purposes, is a Christian nationalist party, whether they like it or not. Um, so it's it's just a reminder. It's sending a message to you know the Republican leadership that you know you're going to start um, you know uh, uh, um, representing us and and representing the Word of God and representing biblical truth um, at the national level, or we're going to elect people who are going to do that. So you know it, it, the other part of this too is is it's it's not just about politics. Um, you know, I see Christian nationalism as a as a spiritual movement as well. It's sort of a revival. Um, you know, we we don't destroy things. We, you know, uh, we we build things, we reform things um, uh, and we revive things. Um, so we create things and we build things. So that's the other message that we're trying to get across here is like we need to build our own infrastructure. Um, but, you know, the secular system is, is largely conquered by the enemy. And, and so what we need to do is sort of rebuild. Um, and that starts with ourselves. It starts with our own hearts. Right, so you know, get closer to God, get right with God in, in your own heart first, and then that will branch out to your family um, and, and to your local church and to your neighbors um, and, and to local politics, which is most important. I think you know we all love to talk about the day to day drama that's going on in d c and we know every little facet of what's going on there, but most of us can't even name our own city council member we We can't name who's on the school board. We know very little about our mayors. So you know getting involved at the local level is is really what what really matters in terms of protecting. Um, You know, the the local school board from having this, you know, anti-American, anti-white, anti-Christian sort of worldview shoved down the throats of the local kids in our local area or, or hosting drag queen story hour or whatever controversial, you know, take it might be if we don't get involved locally. Um, that stuff is going to creep into our neighborhoods and into into our culture locally, and that's that's one of the big things that I'm pushing for. Is like we need to focus on at the local level first and foremost before we you know have these grandiose plans of sort of you know uh, taking over Congress or or whatever. And I'm not even saying that we necessarily want to do that or have to do that. I think in many ways, and this is one of our theses of the book, is like God is judging this nation right now, um, and 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 rightfully so. Um, you know, you don't kill tens of millions of, of unborn children and, and uh, you know, not catch the, uh, the, the righteous judgment of, of the Lord. So our nation is under judgment right now. And a part of what we're saying in this book and a part of what I think Christian nationalists are saying is we want to get right with God. And, you know, we want to be in obedience uh, with God's word again as a nation. And that's when you know, things will change. It's, it's, you know, there's no other solution. There's no, no political solution. Christ is always the only solution and he's the solution right now. So that's high level overview of some of the stuff that we're talking about in the book. Yeah, it's
0: beautifully said. And um, I would also ask this, that, that I, you know, I, I go out and give um, speeches. We did a live event recently entitled uh, will God rescue America? And we came to the conclusion that at least I did and shared with the audience that, I, I don't know that the Lord Jesus spends a lot of time thinking about our flag or our country or our constitution. I think if you went to the Lord Jesus and said, hey, what do you think about America? I think the Lord Jesus might say, what is America? And you might show him the flag on your hat or the flag over here beside me. And he might say, that's cool. Yeah, you give that to Caesar. Let's talk about my father in heaven. So I hear you describing an effort to save the soul. Um, I don't want to say collective soul because it's a band, (laughs) Uh, but also uh, the souls of people, because I describe it, Andrew, as um, saving America is the greatest consolation prize you and I could ever have uh, because I love her. Uh, But it's a consolation prize in comparison to uh, eternity with the Lord Jesus, not not simply for us. Uh, but as you say, for our neighbors, even the people, I find it so difficult to pray for, because man, I find it horribly difficult to pray for our figurehead president. And there I go, you know, deriding his very title. Um, do you think, are we far off on that estimate that the Lord Jesus may not spend a lot of time thinking about the country of America or thinking about it at all?
1: I mean, at the end of the day, he told us that he has all power on earth as well. So he has not only dominion over this country, but over every country on this planet. Um, and, you know, he is king of, of all kings and of all rulers uh, and lord of lords. So I, I think Christians sometimes forget that. It's It's easy to forget that. And we sort of place America on this pedestal in our minds as Americans in that context. And, you know, forget that we serve a king that is above America itself and is above every nation and has dominion over this entire earth. So, you know, that's, that's another part of, 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 you know, some of the things that we're trying to remind people of is like, you know, he is reigning right now. He's ruling right now. And he told us himself that he has all authority on earth and, um, and he, he commanded us to, to make disciples of all nations. And, and that's what we're to do. Um, you know, we, we can't sit around and, and say, you know, things are getting worse and worse. And that's a good thing. And I think a, a big part of this is, is, um, you know, Christians have have come to look for bad things happening as a good thing, right? So they say, Oh, look, there's this war going on, or there's, there's this or that, or we're being persecuted. So that means that Jesus is coming back any minute now. So this is actually a positive thing. And it's like, you know what, we should have a positive mindset. Uh, We shouldn't be looking for bad things to be happening because the Bible tells us no one knows the hour, no one knows the day that he's going to return. And, you know, there's always bad things going on throughout all of history that you could have pointed to to say, oh, he's he's coming back now, right? But like, you know, say he doesn't come back for another 5,000 years. Well, well, what are you going to do then, right? We have to live here now. And like our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, they have to live here. So like, what sort of legacy, like, what are we building to glorify God and honor God in this country that 500 years from now, people are going to look back on Christians are going to look back on it and be thankful for. Um, you know, you know, I look back at uh, the early colonists and I'm thankful for what they established here in this country. Um, you know, you, you can point to any number of examples historically, but I feel like because of this doom and gloom mindset that we have, where we're actively looking at bad things happening as good, Um, you know, we're not building anything anymore. We used to create, Christians used to create the most beautiful God-glorifying art that the world has ever seen. We used to build these amazing, incredible hospitals and these schools and, you know, basically all of higher education, all of academia, all of these colleges originally started as, uh, you know, a, a Christian seminaries, right? So why are we not building things anymore? Um, you know, why are we not creating this this God-glorifying beautiful art and these beautiful buildings and, and beautiful towns and beautiful cities? Why is that not being done by Christians anymore? And I think a big part of that is this, this negative mindset um, so, you know, that's another thing that we touch on in the book is, is having an eschatology of victory and having, you know, Christ has defeated death um, and we are to disciple nations and we are to spread the good news. Um, you know, it's it's not very attractive to people who are constantly surrounded by fear and doom and gloom by the secular world for Christians to be pre- presenting like, you know, this, this eschatology of like, well, you know, things are bad and, and that, that's actually good because that means Christ is coming back soon. That's not very attractive to people. People want hope. They want, um, you know, they want something to look forward to. Um, and, you know, of course we look forward to, uh, you know, uh, you know, being in glory with God in the kingdom of heaven. Um, but, you know, at the same time, like we have to live here now and, and we have to raise kids here now and we have to, you know, build things that glorify God right now. Um, so, you know, that's another big part of some of the concepts that we're trying to get across here is just being more positive, um, and, and, and looking forward to, to building things for the glory of God.
0: There's a link, uh, to the book, uh, in the, in the show notes and I encourage you to buy it and, uh, I encourage pastors to buy it and to read it and discuss it. Um, so it's right in the show notes. It's also right here, you know, on your podcast platform, it's right there in the app and click on that and buy the book. Uh, let me ask you, Andrew, um, in terms of today's living, how does the church in your mind, and I use that phrase for the body of Christ, not not organizations, but how does the body of Christ share that joy? Because I, I would give an example that – Since I took the knee and my process of coming to the Lord was, was, was sort of like a a fish ladder in reverse, right? Or maybe no, it was a fish ladder going up. I, I became a believer and then I became a Bible reader and then I was a church goer and then I gave some money to the church. And then Andrew, I took a break because my little daughter, my, my daughter was an incredible speed skater and that was far more important than church. But I talked to her and I said, oh, church is very important. Uh, But we went to speed skating instead. That was a bad decision, as you might guess. Um, I returned to church, became then, uh, let's see, what would I have been? A God-needer, finally a Jesus-needer. I've now considered myself to have fully taken the need to the Lord. That is admitting I can do nothing without him, nothing of value. Uh, Apart from him, I'm, I'm worthless. That was a big, big trip for me. That sounds all very negative, but here's the positive is I have been, I have encountered brothers, Christian brothers, um, who on one hand are the sort of men who either one of us, they could put us over their knee and break our backs. I mean, they are, they're hard men. And, but they're also these beautiful men who will take you aside and say, brother, I'm concerned. I see that you seem despondent today, or Um, I've seen conversations of brother. I know that you're fighting with your wife and I got to tell you, I don't know that that was a godly thing you just said to her. Mm -hmm. Um, and that can seem also harsh and yet it is this brotherhood. I have seen miracles. Some, I, I don't have license to tell, but I've seen my, my, my daughter touched by a miracle when I remember that God is greater than the evils of this world. And I can celebrate these things. How does the body of Christ do a better job of celebrating uh, the positive so that folks can see that we're not just living for the promised, the, the promised land of eternity with Christ, but that we experience his love on a daily basis. And one of the ways that we uh, are shown love on this program, and in fact, are shown love in return is by working with companies that are in a development stage. And Bonefrog Coffee, man, they're about to break over. I'm telling you, I can sense it. I had this great weekend with Tim and his friends. Uh, Tim Cookshank is a 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL, uh, founded Bonefrog Coffee, yep, to supply uh, income for his family, as we are, we're told to do uh, by the Lord Jesus. Uh, also, to honor the families of fallen Navy SEALs, brothers and sisters and I, you know i've kind of lost some faith when that one coffee company that said we're all about the second amendment folded uh when kyle rittenhouse needed his second amendment rights and so i got a little cynical but getting to know the bonefrog team man the god country team uh that's not just a, a catch line that's that's for real uh and their emotions are tied up on that there's then the coffee that i gave some of this coffee away at my gym gave some samples. So now three texts from people saying, uh, where do I get that? Like, well, A, it says on the card I gave you, but B, here's where to get it. So that you have people who love great coffee, understand the, um, the, the taste of this coffee, why it's different. Dave Stewart's a coffee legend involved in mentoring and in fact, creating these blends. There are K-cups. People keep asking me, are there K-cups? Yes, there's K-cups. There are. Um, And any of the blends Uh, Someone asked me the other day, Like how many blends do they have Oh it was uh, my friend Rob How many blends do they have And he gave me an opportunity To talk about the Zen Roast The light And he got He gave me the same look Like dude don't come to me About light Zen Roast Don't And I said nope You don't get it It's bonefrog.us Okay We're helping Tim grow He's helping us grow It's bonefrog.us Please make sure you use the .us That way Tim and I Can square up solid Bonefrog.us So, Andrew, how do we, how do, how do we in the body of Christ show um,
1: the the love of Christ on a daily basis? Every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think part of the problems with, you know, the modern church is that the modern church is is trying to be uh, of the world, right, instead of uh, in the world. So, you know, there's this conformity of, you know, going along with what the the, the world is telling us to do or going along with the current trends of the world. You know, we see this with the quote unquote social social justice gospel that has, you know, pervaded and invaded uh, and infected the church. Um, And and these, these concepts that are, uh, you know, not what the gospel is about and and not what the gospel says. And, and, you know, the devil imitates, right? So the devil is, is imitating the gospel and is, 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 is infecting these churches um, you know, with something that sort of on the surface appears to look like the gospel, but if you dig a little deeper, it's actually it's not. Yeah. Um, and and the church has has struggled with these these type of attacks uh, from Satan for for you know millennia, right? So this is this is nothing new. Uh, but we have to recognize it, and we have to speak the truth boldly. And and there are many brave pastors out there who are doing so. Um, you know, Vadi Bakum is is one. I um, mean, and they're and are catching a lot of flack. Um, which which means that they're over target frankly um so you know it's 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 certainly important to to call out these things and to you know stay true to to what the gospel says and not conform to the world and not you know not try to uh you know modernize or or make a progressive gospel like you know the gospel is as it is, and and it stands as it stands. Um, and, and trying to conform it to the world so that you increase church membership, or whatever the reason may be that they're doing this, um, or or get approval from the world. Even worse, you know the world, the worldly ways get approval and and um, you know be accepted into the the little inner circle of of you know the upper echelons of of the regime. Um, you know, that's, I I don't care about impressing those people. I don't care about impressing people that, that reject Christ and and actively uh, seek to undermine his work and his kingdom. Um, you know, I I care about what I have the most, uh, I guess, fear and loathing and is, is, um, not obeying God. Uh, you know, and, and that's why, you know, despite all the attacks that we've gotten over the years, you know, the death threats and, and the mainstream media sort of, you know, presenting me as something that I'm not. And, all these lunatics that, you know, come after my family and, and all the trials and tribulations. And I don't fear any of that. I fear, disappoint God. I, I fear disobeying God over all of that um, because I know that he has authority over all of these, you know, worldly powers and principalities. Um, and um, you know, they, they can't harm me, uh, you know, because I have a host of angels yeah. um, and, and I have spiritual uh, tools like prayer and, and fasting and communal worship. Um, to fight back against, uh, you know, the demonic energy that they're throwing my way.
0: How many legitimately serious attacks um, by, um, I, I say, government actors? And and I don't know if you've had time to hear my description, of what I call the party. But to me, the party is uh, the Mockingbird Media, academia, tech uh, and pharma um, and deep state actors. Uh, that And they seem to all be the same actors on these different stages. So those same right. actors that, in you know, that informed and drove um, the, the COVID response hoax, as I view it, um, you know, just simply a, a maniacal evil drive to control our bodies. And I mean, the lockdown is the very least of it. Um, normalizing that we're going to shoot you up with the gene sequencing device because we say so. That's that's pretty frightening. Um, yep. But I look at the the, the party as, as those actors are the same actors who want to chemically and surgically alter kids. Um, they're the same actors that have created the overproliferation proliferation of antidepressants, and, and we could just continue on forever. Um, how many legitimate attempts have been made by those actors to end Gab?
1: <laughs> uh, it's, it's difficult to keep track. It's, it's, it's something that sort of pops up on a week-to-week basis uh, at this point. You know, we're we're constantly getting attacked from the media, um, you know, from these uh, academic types who produce all these studies, uh, which are then fed to the media uh, and then used to attack us that way. Um, you know, we got a letter from Congress. Uh, you know, this is actually our second or third letter from Congress, uh, you know, trying to intimidate us. Uh, you know, it's, it's constant. Um, you know, the big tech platforms, uh, we, we were banned from all of them. You know, we're, we're, we're still to this day banned from the app store. Um, you know, we can't use Amazon or Google or Microsoft or any of those guys uh, to host Uh, any of the content on our platform. So we had to go out and buy all of our own servers and and build all of our own services, like stuff that most normal technology startups, uh, you know, if a secular person was going to create, you know, a new social network today and, um, you know, just try to be like sort of a smaller Facebook or something. Um, they wouldn't have these challenges. They would have the ability to use all these third party tools and all the infrastructure that big tech offers. We didn't have that luxury. Um, so, you know, the attacks are uh, it's too many to count, to be honest, That that's probably going to have to be my next book is just yeah. sort of detailing uh, all of the attacks. Um, but, you know, it's, it's uh, we cling to the cross, uh, you know, throughout every, every trial and tribulation. Um, and, uh, you know, I try to stay humble as well because, you know, it's very easy again with, with such a big platform. I mean, you know, Gab has 20 million people that are are visiting the site each and every month. That's, that's a lot of people. So it's, it's, it's really easy to fall into the trap of, you know, letting your ego and letting your pride get in the way of, of the work that you're trying to do. And I think, you know, the Lord has really blessed me with, you know a really strong set of of believers uh, that I can go to and that that I that I that can keep me humble um, and keep me focused on the mission, which is glorifying God and and spreading the gospel and spreading the good news and and in our case, you know, defending free speech and and building you know this parallel infrastructure um, to enable people to get access to information that they can't get anywhere else and to um, you know be able to speak their minds freely without having uh, artificial intelligence or, you know, some loony in San Francisco tell them that that's hate speech and that they're now not, not allowed to communicate on the internet anymore because they had an opinion. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's our mission. And, and I, I sort of stay focused on that mission yeah. and uh, it keeps me humble.
0: I have this, um, this might be, this might communicate a bad thing about me, Andrew, but I have this, um, uh this desire to be there on judgment day, knowing that I'm going to be judged and I'm nervous about that. I think everyone should be nervous about that. I mean, we are, the, the Lord gives us redemption. It's a free gift. We can accept it. Uh, the Lord is anxious to forgive. He's righteous to forgive man. He pursues us. He loves us. I'm so I'm still, I think I'm going to be really nervous and um, but I kind of want to be there and maybe this is me being jealous. I don't know. But I kind of want to be there when the World Economic Forum types who are saying we are going to build real artificial or real um, intelligent design, not that from a you know, fake elf in the sky. This guy said this. You probably saw the speech. He, he gave these, uh, this pronouncement standing in front of a 50-foot depiction of the Lord Jesus with the thorn of crowns, uh, crown of thorns on his head. And I want to be there when the Lord Jesus talks to him about that speech and says, um, so you're going to create it from scratch. Hey, listen, what I'm going to do right now is take your fingers and your breath away. Go create something. So, right. so try that right. now. You, do you feel me? Do you understand what I gave you? Um, so I think that you and I are square in that. Here's another thing the media hits you with all the time. And I'll ask it this way, because I'll ask it in relation to the book and relation to Christian nationalism. Um, What is your concept of how the Lord Jesus views the human concept of race? (laughs) The topic of race, we'll get back with Andrew. Um, They don't tout this because why would they? It's just their marriage. My friend, Zach Abraham, brother, chief investment officer, Bolberg Capital Management. Because he takes a position of telling the truth in the marketplace. And, you know, you've heard him. He's, he's a pretty conservative Christian man. Um, and so, of course, because he has a radio show at KnowYourRiskRadio.com and he expresses these ideas, he gets called a racist. And from time to time, he said on the program, hey, please don't tell my, my you know, three half black kids that I'm racist. Ha! <laughs> That's because, you know, I mean, his wife who works at the firm and Zach will tell you she's the brains, like she's the chief operating officer there. She is so sharp. She's a very smart woman, but that's just the way they play the game, right? They cannot tell the truth. And so they'll just swim in these lies. The same is uh, unfortunately very true about our financial system. Uh, I don't think that most financial advisors lie. I think that most financial advisors are super good people. And I think that they dearly love their clients. And I think that they're deceived. And I think that they believe in institutions. And I think that they have to believe in institutions because the work of, of understanding that the institutions are, in fact, rigged, man, that, that could mean a lot of extra work and, and emotional pain. Like this thing that you believed in the 60-40 stock bond mix, that doesn't apply anymore, not in a rigged system like this. And the zero percent interest rate loans that they continue to hand out to their mobbed up friends, that changes all the dynamics. It just does. And people can choose not to believe that, but then they're choosing to live in lies. So so on the topic of race and on the topic of relations and and who works at the firm, and Zach is always truthful, always, and has been consistent on Uh, the focus, maniacal focus in a positive way, positively maniacal focus on risk management because he believes that our financial system is becoming more risky by the day. And what that means for you, the closer you are to retirement, the more you need to get your portfolio in a place that is managed with a focus on risk management that describes Bulwark Capital Management. That is their obsession. The other thing is honesty. Zach will tell you, yeah, we do think you should move most of your money with us, but not all of it, because he's an honest and humble man. It says, what if we have it down here? Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor, representative Tech Financial LLC and SEC-registered investment advisor. Sorry, Andrew, for having to speak so quickly. It's uh, our very kind government forces us to say those things when I talk about our partner at Capital Management. Um, So on the topic of race.
1: Uh, Well, I mean, listen, Christianity is not a a racial religion, right? Um, You know, we are all God's creatures and anybody, uh, regardless of race, religion, background, creed, um, all nations, right? The Bible is very clear. It's all nations. Uh, you know, it, it can accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and savior and, and, and be born again, uh, and, and, and get that redemption and that salvation, um, that, that Christ provides. So, you know, the media is trying to do this thing where, uh, they inject the word white in front of Christ, Christian, nationalism, yes. um, in order to try to demonize, uh, you know, uh, the movement. It's like, Listen, there, there's people in this movement. There's black churches that support Christian nationalism. Right. You know, there, there's churches uh, uh, in, in California uh, that are Asian that are, are supporting this. Um, you know, it's, it's they're trying to demonize and invoke race like they always do, because yeah. that's how they get us to, to fight with one another. Right. Um, but if we say, no, we're united. Uh, we are the body of Christ. We are brothers and sisters. Um, if you're a believer, and you, you know, there's neither Jew nor Greek. That's what the Bible tells us. So, if you're a believer, and you're you're black or white or Asian or Hispanic or Jewish or whatever, it doesn't matter. You're you are my brother and sister in Christ, and we share a common worldview and a common mission from our Lord and Savior to disciple the nations. And we need to work together to do that. Um, they want us divided. They want us, you know, bickering about race and 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 different things that um, divide us. But if we focus on our love of Christ and our shared love of Christ, um, you know, that's what they're most afraid of more than anything in this world is that we unite under the banner of Christ and work together, uh, to, to make our, our, our country obedient to Christ again. Um, that's what they fear more than anything. So, and and we have the numbers too. That's what I keep reminding, reminding people, reminding fellow Christians, they want you to feel like you're isolated. They want you to feel like you're the only person in the world that thinks these things. You're the only person in the world that thinks that what they're doing is is madness and is chaos and is is just purely demonic. But we have to remember that, like, we have the numbers uh, by the tens of millions. So, you know, if we remember that um, and we work together, uh, we can fight back against this evil um, and do it peacefully, too. We don't need to destroy anything. We don't need to get violent. Um, You know, we can do it through, uh, you know, the democratic process uh, of our constitutional Republic. Uh, we could do it constitutionally as I like to say, um, but it's going to take time. That's the thing that we try to get across in the book too, is like, this is not something that's going to happen in an election cycle or or two. Um, this is something that is going to be a multi-generational effort and who who are the ones that are having the babies and raising them up to fear and love the Lord. And that's Christians. So, you know, we're playing the long game here, um, where, you know, we got, we have to raise up our, our children to fear and love the Lord. You know, which is the beginning of wisdom, um, and and really uh, you know solidify the future here by having them kind of carry the torch forward um, with you know sort of the groundwork that we're laying right now of of building you know these parallel systems and alternative infrastructure and communications tools and our own you know media and our own news and, and our own education. You know, homeschooling numbers are exploding right now and that's largely driven by Christian parents So, you know, this is again, a multi-generational effort. It's not something that's going to happen. And we can't fall for these tricks of, you know, uh, pinning us against each other because of race. We unite together under the banner of Jesus Christ. And, um, that's what they fear the most. It's us doing that.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting to watch the media, um, you know, use this cudgel of race, which has now shifted to the cudgel of transphobia. Um, there's no such thing as a trans person, by the way, there's people who are confused about gender. There's people who've been conned about gender. There's people who are gender defiant, but no one was born in the wrong body. It's a physical impossibility. That drives me nuts. So I, I should not get distracted because I can talk that in COVID all day. You know, I remember my father, Andrew, um, My father was a social worker, um, but he was a big, huge, strong farmer, strong dude, uh, could break an ax handle over his knee. I know because I watched him do it. Um, I watched him one day I've seen him, I saw him perform violence before he died three times. Um, the first was a man was attempting kind of a, a sexual assault almost of his sister, my aunt. And my dad tackled him to the ground then shoved a garden hose in his mouth and turned it on and attempted to drown the man. And he was because he was this guy was trying to spray my aunt's uh, shirt. He wanted a wet T-shirt contest. And as my dad was choking the man to death, he said, you want to drink some more? That was one. Uh, The second was a man was whipping a boy with a bungee cord, whipping him in the face. And my dad took care of that. Uh, By by tackling the man and, and whipping him and saying, you like that. The other was on race. And a man would not let my friends, my dad's friend, Glenn, a black man onto a fishing boat. And stood there and ignored Glenn in line saying, so two adults and one child. My dad said, no, there are three adults and one child. He said, yeah, there's two adult men and one child. Wow. And my dad pushed him into the... Puget sound and held his head underwater for a little while. Wow. And so I was brought up that if I want, like my dad was a gentle, gentle giant, but if I wanted a beating, that would be by judging a man by his race. Um, Does it, how does it land on your family um, and your kids when you have the national media saying that, that gab is a racist platform?
1: Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, we, we had, uh, Josh Shapiro, who is the Democrat, uh, candidate for, for governor here in Pennsylvania. And that's, that's my home state, right? So he's running a million dollars in ads right now on the TV. You know, every, every other commercial is this ad that says that my website and my business is a white supremacist what? website. A million dollars. Yeah. A million dollars. And, and they're running. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, um, you know, that's, that's difficult, but, you know, I think, uh to, to my close friends and my family and people in my church, they come up and they're like laughing about it. Like, this is so absurd on its face that I can't believe that anybody would fall for that. But
0: you know, there are a lot
1: of people, unfortunately, that will just take what they're told on the television at, at face value. Um, they know nothing about me. They've never talked to me. They've never heard me speak. They've never uh, read anything that I've written. They know nothing about Gab. They've never been on the website, but they'll just believe what they're told by yeah. you know this random kind of television. Right. And that's unfortunate, but I think, you know, we've sort of really pushed through and and overcome that stigma because, you know, if you're telling me that there are 20 million white supremacists uh, on this website. um, That's a lot of white supremacists. You got some problems. That's that's a lot of people, right? So uh, it's sort of like stupid on its face at this point for how big we are. Um, And, you know, we have people from all over the world, all different backgrounds, including, by the way, many people who really do not like me um, and attack me on my own website all day long. Um, and, and that's that's fine, right? it's it's a free speech platform. and I think yeah. that's part of the the one of the ways that you know that it's a free speech platform is you come on here and you see you know the pagans and and the atheists and uh, all different sorts of people that really, really do not like what I stand for um and come after me all day long. and, and so um, but you know that's that's free speech, and they're allowed to do that. And if I don't want to see it, then I can block them or or ignore it or whatever. You as a
0: user, user, not you as CEO. Well,
1: as an individual user, correct. Yes, as an individual user, not as a a platform, Adam. We certainly don't ban them because, trust me, I'd be sitting here all day long. um, (laughs) And that would go against everything that, you know, I fought six years going through everything that we went for is, is for free speech, including for those who disagree with me. So I think it proves that, you know, we are actually a free speech platform. When you see stuff that you don't agree with or, you know, that makes you angry or that you kind of want to react to, it's like, I see stuff like that all day long. Um, And and it just means that free speech is is living there. And and that's, you know, so important um, because, you know, during the COVID lockdowns and stuff and with the vaccine mandates, all that stuff, uh, Gab was the only place that that tens of millions of people can find information on where the true story is. Um, And and we helped people with, um, you know, uh, uh, vaccine exemptions. Uh, you know, to, to their their jobs are forcing them and we help them with religious exemptions. And you can look at the, the Hunter Biden laptop situation back in October of, of 2020. That was all over Gab when it was being censored all over Facebook and all over Twitter. So, you know, these these moments keep happening where free speech is, is so crucial and the free flow of information is so crucial. And I think that's why Gab keeps growing. And that's why the attacks have, have increased as well is because we're growing so quickly um, and, and they're sort of losing control uh, over the narrative because, you know, they control Facebook, they control Twitter, they can, you know, ban people and uh, ban you from posting certain links or talking about certain things. But they can't do that with Gab and they can't pressure us to do it either. They send all their minions after us. And, you know, it typically works for, for Facebook and others where you just the, the press attacks them and, and calls them a name and instantly they change their yeah. policy. Well, that, does, that doesn't work with us and it, and it hasn't worked for six years. So. Um, I I think that the attacks are only going to continue as we continue to grow and, and get bigger and bigger. You and I both worked in Silicon Valley, and, and
0: I, I know that your time is precious to you. And, and, and so, you know, I want to start to work towards a conclusion in this. There's a, a link to the book. Um, I just don't want to abuse your time. But honestly, I could talk with you for hours. Uh, I find it fascinating what you've done. Um, I think that you know I'm involved in the parallel economy and sitting on a board of a charitable of a, board of a hospital called um, Heart of Hope in 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 Hayden, Idaho, and we're expanding. And that came about because a bunch of doctors and nurses were fired because they would not take the need the injection um god has just blessed that and and with with talent and management and money and resources um but you and i both worked in silicon valley and we have seen that land where you can arrive at a moment you can arrive at wealth there where there's really actually nothing worldly you can't buy and man that is so so utterly seductive And I've Mm -hmm. never, I've had Facebook meetings. I've had two Bill Gates meetings. I've had venture capital meetings, but I've never been, uh, I've had Apple meetings, but I've never been inside the Facebook or Twitter complex. And I think about when I watch Josh Hawley grill this guy, Chris Cox from Facebook for seven minutes and Chris Cox comes down on the side of, oh yeah, sure. We, we do the bidding of government. And mm-hmm. he wants to color it as, oh, I think it's a good idea for us to interact with governments. And that's not the charge isn't that you're interacting. The charge is that you're censoring on their behalf. And right. that, that was in relation to, um, the, the you know, COVID. But they did this for the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, they did this for the DOJ, the, FB, the FBI, the CDC, the World Health Organization. They're doing it for everybody um, that's opposed to our freedom. And I guess right. this requires some speculation, unless you have inside information I don't know about. Um, how close do you think Facebook is and Twitter is to being an adjunct of government?
1: Yeah, that's basically what they are. The government has sort of outsourced, you know, censorship, data collection, information control to the private private sector. And so it, it sort of gives them, you know, the uh, plausible deniability that. The First Amendment is not being violated because it's not the government doing it directly. It's this, you know, third party, uh, you know, private sector business that is doing it. Um, and, you know, ultimately what it comes down to is, is all, all the people out there share the worldview and share in the value systems or lack thereof of the regime. Um, so, of course, they're going to do their bidding. Right. They, they see it as as a part of progress. Um, and ultimately, uh, their whole worldview is, is anti-human. Um, you know, from their their goal, then they state this openly is is transhumanism, and that's why they're trying to normalize this trans stuff is because they want to take they believe that they could take your soul and inject it into a robot or inject it into another biological you know organism, right? Or, or inject it into the internet. Like there's all sorts of different theories that they have, and they they want to become gods. It is a race yes. for them to become gods and to have the rest of us essentially be. The slave class, uh, and, and it's a total anti humanity and anti human worldview. Whereas, you know, that's why they don't, you know, look at abortion the way that we do, because they don't look at the sanctity of a human life the way that we do through the lens of a biblical worldview. They're looking at it through the lens of a, a means to an end. Um, it's just another hunk of matter, it's just another clump of cells to get us to the next stage of evolution for humanity, which is us ascending beyond our biological constraints of how god made us and us making us in the image of ourselves in this robot thing like that—that that is literally what's at stake here, and I think a lot of people don't understand that. That is what these people are working towards, and of course they're going to fail because they're not the first to try this, right? You know, I—I I, I sort of compare it to to the Tower of Babel, right? It's like Tower of Babel 2.0, and and from the garden on, yeah. you know, we have human beings have tried to become like God, um, and and have tried to push God out of the way in order to that you know we could become gods, and they're going to fail, um, and you know our God has has total authority. Over everything that they are doing right now, um, and I, I just, I, you know, we, we have to establish the clear dichotomy of world view. Their worldview is totally anti-human and is, is trying to actually destroy humanity, and is them trying to become God. Our our worldview is is pro-humanity, pro-life, and pro-God mm-hmm. and, and in humble submission and obedience to God. So there's there could not be it's it's like 180, it's direct 180. Um, and, uh, it's, it's light and darkness. It's, it, it couldn't be more obvious, uh, but I don't think enough people are talking about those, those sort of high level issues of what their ultimate goals are.
0: Oh, Andrew, I could talk about that all day. You know, I, 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 like you, I've never faced the attacks you've faced. Um, I have been told on radio, you can't say that. I have been told, um, by programmers, you just lit your career on fire. When you came after the injections, you lit your career on fire. You'll never have success again. Um, I've been told by national conservative media figures. Oh, and this was eight years ago. Oh, I I don't think I can sign that petition to keep men out of women's bathrooms or girls bathrooms. Um, and now, yes, praise God that they've come around, praise God that they're, you know, the fast follow or slow follow, and now it's safe for them to speak out against this stuff. But that end goal, I said on a New York radio show the other day, I said that, Hey, they're putting, um. They're putting pig wombs in men uh, in uh, China's communist Party's testing this out so that men can pretend to have babies. Yep. And I have mm-hmm. a distinct impression. I'll never be on that New York radio show again because people are just <laughs> not ready to hear these things. So for to hear you address this stuff, here's how I, I boil it down. I think that God Almighty is giving us the, the easiest pass-fail test in history. I think that like you being, uh, you know, a biblical scholar, not, not an academic, but a studier of the Bible uh, and a respecter of the word of God, you remember that the Lord Jesus tore the temple uh, curtain down uh, or the, the Lord did upon the birth of the, uh, the death of Jesus before he was resurrected, the temple curtain fell. And there's a lot of metaphors to that. Hey, you no longer need an intermediary. You no longer need a pharisaical, you know, intervention. You no longer need a, 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 a Sadducee ruling on your side. Now you can come through the father to me, directly to me. Uh, so the holy right. of holies—that th- was what was on the cross. That was the holy of holies. I wonder to what degree the Lord is allowing us to see the naked, utter stink. Well, to smell the stink, to see um, the vile corruption. To say, right. "I'll make it super easy for you." Uh, do you think that that bears any? Uh,
1: <laughs> all right? Do you, th- you, you would. You would. You would think, but I mean, there's so many people that call themselves Christians that get wrapped up in this. And and that's, that's what breaks my heart more than anything. It's like, how do we, how do we communicate with people who claim to share our worldview when they openly reject truth that is right in front of their face? Because, you know, the, the TV man said so on CNN or, or on Fox news for that matter. Right. It's like, it, you know it's it's a very difficult and frustrating thing, but we just have to we have to pray for them. and um and hopefully more people will see the light. you know but because it requires people like you and me, the people that are willing to stand up and be the first to stand up and say something about this stuff, and you know do it boldly and not be afraid of the backlash and you know take the consequences of of whatever's going to come, whatever the enemy's going to fling at us for doing so that is going to encourage other people to, to also have that courage and, and, and follow in our footsteps. Um, so we, we got to keep doing that for sure. And, and hopefully inspiring more people to, to do the same thing and to, to speak the truth boldly and to proclaim the gospel boldly and to uh, call out this this evil that is going on in this world. Uh, last
0: question for you. And th- this is something that I, I'm, well, I'm not going to speculate. When I worked in D.C., I was there. Uh, my listeners know this. I was there three weeks before I was offered a multi million dollar bribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took the form of a promised job, um, three or four million bucks in my pocket. Uh, all I had to do was pretend a woman wasn't scamming the Republican National Committee on Tech. And it, it would have blown your mind. It would have blown your mind. Uh, she was doing online fundraising for us, had to come into the office. And I said, Will you show me all the um, Google ads you're running? Uh, she, Andrew had purchased the word Republican. Mm. And the cost on that was, as I recall about, and this is from memory, about, uh, 48 grand a year. Oh yeah. And I said, wait, show me all the ads you're running. Basically one ad. I said, so you haven't expanded out to hundreds of words, thousands of phrases, um, for states and for cities and issues and um I'd like to see that and first she told me oh well uh, I can't log on to our google account from your office google won't let you do that yeah. and I looked at her tech guy and and said I'm logged on to three separate adwords accounts right now that's not true and yeah. he said like, oh no no that's not what she meant We went and looked at this stuff. And then she said to me, I don't even know how you'd have time to purchase that money ads. And I said, it's automated. It's called automated multivariate testing. Right. I didn't take the bribe. God protected me from that. Um, Andrew, have people come to you and said, Hey, let's put some money in your pocket. Let's, 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 let's make sure gab, you know, makes you a rich and wealthy man, but there are some things we're going to need to change.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Multiple times
1: actually. Uh, Oh, people in the Republican party, people in Silicon Valley, people in in venture capital. Yep. And it it always came with conditions. It always came with, you need to stop talking about this or that, or you need to change the way that Gab handles this or that uh, type of subject or, or situation And, uh, you know, like you said, God protected me too, because I'm not in this for the money. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this because I truly care about protecting free speech online for all people. It's not about the money. If I wanted to be a rich man, I would have stayed in Silicon Valley and built, you know, uh, multiple businesses and and sold them and whatever. I would have continued doing what I was doing. Um, so they can't, they found out pretty quickly that they can't buy me. Um, so then they tried to threaten me, right? So that's when a lot of the threats started popping up. And, Um, you know, they tried all of their tactics basically, but God has protected me through each and every one of them. Again, I'm going to, my next book is going to have to be the story of Gab because I can kind of detail all of this stuff where, you know, it's like all of these, all of the the big players, um, you know, in, in the establishment have tried to, to bribe, to blackmail, to, uh, intimidate, to threaten, you know, they, they sort of tried all the, to smear and defame, um, all of these tactics have been tried and, and the Lord has been so good and has protected me throughout all of that. Um, you know, even, even in the situations where I wasn't sure if I was making the right choice or not. And, you know, especially, you know, for my family or, or for the future or for, you know, for the business, it's like, is this really the right choice? Should I, I, I feel like my gut is telling me and, and the Holy Spirit is kind of guiding me away from this and I, something's not right here. And I couldn't put my finger on it on the time, but there's so many stories I have like that, that, uh, I'm going to have to share in the book someday. Oh, there's, there's
0: no doubt. Uh, I think that would be a real blessing uh, for people to see that. Well, uh, I started about this by saying I was um, excited to talk to you. I find you fascinating. Um, the achievements, uh, what, what God has done uh, to protect you through this uh, is extraordinary, um, but it's not because it's the Lord. And I don't know how many times the Apostle Paul was shipwrecked. Was it twice or more? Um, left for dead. And brother, Mm -hmm. with all due respect to you, I'm not calling you the apostle, Paul. I don't know you well enough for that. This is (laughs) the first first time we've met. Um, But I want to thank you for coming on. It it meant the world to me to have someone um, of your stature with what you've done. And I just invite you to continue to go with God's good grace, Andrew Torba.
1: Thank you for having me. And again, all glory goes to God. Um, You know, this is him working through me. Uh, I claim no credit. I'm, I'm, uh, I would not be able to do this without uh, the Lord uh, working through me and and being by my side. So all glory goes to him for for everything that uh, we have accomplished here and that he has accomplished through us.
0: Beautifully said, Andrew. Thank you for that. The parallel economy, I fully agree with what Andrew said about it. We have to build it. um, And we'll talk about that much more often. God will protect you like he protects Andrew. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and yeah, let's give thanks. Let's give thanks for free speech and a free conscience. Thank you, God, for all of that.